Welcome back, everybody. This is the Ice House Fit Podcast. I'm Coach Jeremy. And I'm Coach Mo. We're talking all things nutrition, mindset, recovery, and most importantly of all, fitness. Fitness. Or maybe not most importantly. It's important. <laughs> it is important. Yeah. All these things in equal equal portions are what really help to make us healthy individuals. Absolutely. And so what are we talking about this week? Exactly that. We're talking about health and um, how fitness plays a part of that. And we had a member come in not that long ago, pretty high level in his career, in the owner, CEO type class. And he had to do a physical. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, uh, when you get to that level, the physical is a little more rigorous than what uh, what we go in for a physical for, right? They wanna make sure that I almost said us mere mortals. Right. That's pretty much it. Because there, there's uh, there's an insurance component. There's a, you know, a company component and all of that stuff. And they were telling us that 70 people went in that day for physicals. Just happened to be. Just churning through them. 70 yeah, people. It's, a, one you at know, time. height, weight, blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the end of it. And of those 70 people over the age of 50. Uh, they were the only one not on medication. So one out of 70. One out of 70 over with 50. With no medications. Here in our community. Yeah. Which and is rad for that person. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Of the 70 people um, that went in that are at um, a higher level in their career, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. That's crazy mind-blowing to me. And that got me thinking a lot about um, the chronic condition and the solution to that currently is here's a pill, Mm -hmm. right? Or here's multiple pills and then we're gonna have pills to manage the effects of the pills. Yeah, and then pretty soon before you know it, you're on four to five, six pills every day Mm -hmm. that you're not even really sure are making a difference. You're hoping, mm-hmm. you know, you go get your blood pressure checked and you're like, okay, seems normal. Great. And how a lot of those can be addressed with movement. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know people hear that and they're like, yeah, sure. Your coaches in the fitness industry, you have to say that. And it's still true. Yes. <laughs> and is it the only thing? No, that's why no. we have our four pillars, Absolutely. fitness, nutrition, mindset, recovery, like all those things play into, into them, into each other. And, but we're keeping everything under the umbrella of, of the fitness thing today. Absolutely. And it can be like when we think of fitness or when people think of fitness, a lot of times they go straight to performance. Well, you know, uh, I have to lose the half twos come out. I have to lose 20 pounds or I have to eat only chicken and broccoli and rice. I have to eat like a bodybuilder. I have to train like a bodybuilder or a professional athlete or else it's not really worth it. Yep or else all of my fitness dreams and goals are gone, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I love about what, you know, Ice House from the beginning has pretty much done is we've we've shown that like, you don't have to be that. You don't have to be this performance athlete in order to live a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the other part of it that gets missed in the popular culture as well, is that performance does not equal health. Not even close. We look at our fit magazines, uh, you know, we, you see them at the grocery aisle and you see people with perfectly chiseled abs and all the muscles in the world and their five secrets to turning your health around. And the reality is that, are you a professional athlete? Yeah. When we're looking at professional athletes, we're looking at people at the elite end of the spectrum or even... I would venture to say that we can start to put the fitness influencer into that realm now as like a quote unquote elite level athlete. They're doing something that is so far beyond the requirements or the norms for general health and wellness that it's not applicable necessarily exactly to us regular folks that are just trying to live a healthy life, like actually live a healthy life and not just live at the gym. Right. When we're at that elite level of performance, we're balancing that knife edge of between dysfunction, where we've gone too far, and that performance. Health is completely out of the equation. 100%. And you look at that in any sport. You look at, you know, 
I just started following a couple elite triathletes Mm -hmm. and everything is so regulated that that is the only life that they have. Right. And you look at, you know, the, the place where we came from, the CrossFit athletes, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting how even they do such a great job of hiding their surgeries, Mm -hmm. hiding their ibuprofen habits, injuries. Like, I, I, I don't know if there's anybody on the top that hasn't had something replaced, repaired, Uh, surgically removed (laughs) or I mean even looking at it from the nutritional aspect of like yeah you have to eat clean and eat paleo and these are my sponsored meals that I have don't like ignore the fact that I eat three Snickers and a hot chocolate before bed every night (laughs) because I just need the calories to be able to like to be able to do the work that I do to train three times a day yeah and and the like the anomaly of trying to get 5,000 calories a day on uh, chicken and broccoli is unrealistic everybody <laughs> yeah i mean if you want to see some some absurd versions of that check out like the strong men that try to eat cleanly yeah and, or the bodybuilders that are on that five thousand calories and they're eating cleanly and it's eight meals a day yeah that are 600 calories of full pop meals yeah of chicken broccoli rice or fish broccoli rice i had a i had a roommate one time he's like six two and uh he's a personal trainer and he was trying to gain weight he was trying to add muscle and he, I think it ended up being about 7,000 calories a day he needed to surpass his, his metabolism. Mm-hmm. And he tried to do it clean for about a week. And then pretty soon I came home and he's eating those little burritos from the freezer section. He's like, I just need calories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when we look at health, when we look at the person who, you know, maybe is currently on the medication, mm-hmm. right? Who maybe has lost all sense of what, uh, working out might be like because it's overwhelming because gym is overwhelming because fitness in general is overwhelming we as a fitness industry have not done a great job of making ourselves accessible right mm-hmm. because it's like you have to come to us and lose 30 pounds and and look like this greek god or goddess right that's the expectation when we can change the expectation to you should feel good you mm-hmm. should wake up in the morning and be like holy cow i slept this feels awesome you know, you, you could be, I'm shooting people, sorry, but <laughs> uh, one of the goals uh, is to, uh, you know, be able to do the activities that you want to say yes to, whether that's walking the Halloween 5k, cause it sounds awesome or, you know, mountain biking down a mountain, mm-hmm. whatever that version of fun is for you, you, our goal is that you can say yes to that. And what happens along the way as you start to go through this process of you know coming to a gym three days a week and it it also doesn't have to be a smash in the face right like you can come to the gym one of our members she's I don't know how old she is she's a little bit older 50 60 you know she's in her 70s um, came to me when we flipped the model of the gym so when we got away from like the high intensity every day lay on your back kind of die she's like I didn't believe you that this was gonna be a good thing. I didn't believe you that going down to a workout of RPE of six, like we did some rowing intervals yesterday at RPE of six or seven. So mm-hmm. you're not going all out, you're just sitting on a rower and rowing. I didn't believe you that this was gonna be a good thing. I thought you'd just lost your mind. Mm-hmm. I love her cause she's super honest with me all the time. And she's like, I can leave the gym and I feel so good I can then go enjoy a walk and look at the leaves. Mm -hmm. I can go play with my grandkids and I'm not sore. I'm not, you know, I'm not dying. And all of my metrics are still moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. That was one of the coolest compliments I think I've ever received. I was like, (laughs) sweet. (laughs) And it's the, the, the hard part of it. And this is, Brace yourselves, folks, because you're going to hear this uh, over and over and over again in the upcoming weeks, months, and years, is that ultimately it's about the basics. The, the, the simplest portions of this are the newest, craziest training methods in fitness. Are they exciting sometimes and really interesting? Absolutely. And we're, 100%. we as coaches, we're most likely the most to be to blame in the industry itself mm-hmm. is that the basic stuff isn't necessarily sexy and it doesn't necessarily excite people to come in. And so then it's hard to make an Instagram reel of, 
hey, you should move well. Let's and, do some slow tempo air squats. Yeah. And let's, <laughs> let's lift heavy two to three times. Let's lift moderately heavy two to three times a week. And let's do a lot of low intensity, steady state work of t- 20 minutes to two hours um, and work on our aerobic base because, and let's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just, the f- most fun looking thing. It's hard to sell. It yeah, can be exactly. fun. It can it be can a lot be. of fun to do with your friends. And it's, it's hard to hard to make an Instagram reel of that. Exactly. <laughs> it's not uh, filled with buzzwords and yeah. uh, movements you've never seen before. Like, oh, this is the hardest movement you've never tried. It's, type of it's thing. hard to make a hip airplane look real sexy. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> um, and a big part of that too is what you just talked about with rowing repeats and low to moderate intensity workouts. Yeah. Being able to have a high intensity workout once a week and then everything else is either managing load via your actual lifting days mm-hmm. and then getting in that work that helps us to expand our aerobic base yeah because get real nerdy into the energy system piece of this we well, talk about aerobic base what does that actually mean if we have these different ways to utilize our fuels for energy production one of them is using the system that utilizes fats as fuel and that's your long haul type of movement yeah that's sitting on the rower for two hours being able to breathe in and out your nose watching a tv show having a conversation with your neighbor I think it's what everybody thinks they do when they go to the Globo Gym, right? Put the treadmill on and put a book in front of you, watch a TV show, do your movement. And some of them are, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And the piece of this is that when we're in an intensity first or performance first type of scenario and we ignore this, that's the first thing to go away. And even if we're training two hours a day in our gym, you take it to that extreme of yep. most people that would be very extreme. Yeah. We're still for the rest of those 22 hours of the day, primarily engaging our aerobic system while we're sitting, having a conversation, answering emails, walking to your car yep. in the parking lot. That's primarily your aerobic system. And if we improve and make that much more efficient, so that's utilizing things like fats as a fuel. Mm-hmm we see a much bigger impact on body composition. We're going to see a bigger impact on things like blood pressure. We're going to see a better impact on things like insulin resistance. We see everything improve overall. Again, is it the most exciting thing in the world to do? No. And it's also one of the most important things to do, and which is why we include it in our training. And that's one of the fun parts about our job is that we get to you know, play around with that a little bit. And we get to disguise that work in, you know, a landmine flow, or, you know, maybe it is some uh, rowing intervals with a partner and you're keeping that RPE low and you're doing mobility right after so that you're continuously moving. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, that's where the fun and the magic of having a quality gym comes in, right? Is because solo training Unless you really love cardio, mm-hmm. it's it is the thing that gets skipped, right? Yeah. You go in, you hit a couple bicep curls and a squat maybe once or twice, and then head out of the gym. Right? right. Great. I did some stuff today. Oh, I got this long circuit. I'll just I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, it's the really easy thing to be like, especially if you're training on your own. It's the really easy thing when it says you know 20 minutes on the rower to get 10 minutes in and be like that feels good, mm-hmm. right? Or if it's like a, you're supposed to go run a 5K and you do a mile and you're like, Duh, I'm good. I checked that box today, mm-hmm. right? And so that is the benefit of having a place to have surrounded by people, surrounded by other people doing the work like that, is that it does make it a little bit more interesting and exciting. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the other areas I want to look at is this thought of chronic illness, this mm-hmm. thought of how did we get here? How do we get out of this? I believe in my heart of hearts that the fitness industry is making a drastic change. It's going to feel subtle and it's, it's a pretty large shift to really incorporating our four pillars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're on the, the leading edge of this. And when we look at chronic, right? So 
if we talk about exercise in general, it's a relatively new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look at the spectrum of humanity, it was around the 80s when fitness became a thing, right? There are some earlier earlier pieces, but when it started to explode in, in the U.S., mm-hmm. it was right around the 70s and 80s. And I mean, even if you, if you look at um, just physical culture in general, like the, you, we have examples of this from ancient cultures and whatnot, and, but that wasn't the norm for people. That was, that was the very specific, that was the literal Olympians in ancient and Greece. And gladiators and yeah, like all yeah. of that, the right? The professional athletes of their day and not yeah. the regular folks. Right. And like the start of modern physical culture you know, we're talking less than 200 years old, 1880s, 1850s to 1880s, some smatterings of it. Yeah. And then as we got past into the 1900s, we see more and more of it with the dawn of the modern Olympics. And then that's marched forward to popular culture in the 70s and 80s yeah. in the U.S. And a lot of that came with desk jobs, yep. right? And it came with our lack of movement and and we've convenienced ourselves into sickness. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so a lot of our lives are super convenient and we are sicker than we've ever been mm-hmm. uh, because we've lost that daily movement of any kind, you know, and I mean, even people that struggle to get out and walk their dog because, well, I don't have time, effort, energy, mm-hmm. all of the factors. Right. And so even walking has decreased. Yes. The step, if we I don't know the exact metrics, but if we, we did an average step count for the average American, it would be depressingly low. And reality is we need to be somewhere between 7,500 and 1,250 or 12,500 uh, steps got, per day. I got curious one day on a, I have a days of a week that I set aside for paperwork. Yeah. I am a, I own a gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to check my steps on my paperwork day. I, I did work out. I didn't have my step counter for my workout, but I did 2,000 steps. Yeah. That's it's it. very easy to not move at all. Not move at all. Mm-hmm. And I, like, it's funny because you know, we know, right? We know the things. And it was still like, hey, you got to get your butt up and walk the dogs tonight because you have literally only put in 2,000 steps today. Yeah. And it was probably like an eight or nine hour day. Mm-hmm. 2,000 steps, that's it. And so that's the average person with a desk job. Yep. And the things that, you know, once per week that's happening, is that going to mean that you're chronically ill for the rest of your life? (laughs) Uh, No, not necessarily. Uh, And if we are repeating this for seven days a week and that we're only getting 2000 steps per day, you know, posing this as a rhetorical question to the community, what do you think happens? Yeah. Some of you have been there already and know what that's like and know how you feel when that happens. Can it feel like, what's the word I'm looking for? Indulgent and like decadent to be able to say, well, I just lay around all the time and it may feel good in the moment. And then you have a day where you need to have 10,000 steps. Yep. (laughs) And you go, what the hell? Yeah. What happened? It's like people who go on vacation and they talk about how sore they are Mm -hmm. because they're sightseeing and they're doing the things. And what if it, it, what has, what has blown my mind is in the recent years, the person who is focusing on their health and the person who is, you know, getting out, doing the walking, hitting the gym three to four times a week, trying to eat in a way that sustains their lifestyle is an outlier. Like Mm -hmm. we almost ostracize that person. Yeah. Instead of like, now the norm is, well, let's go to happy hour. Let's grab some pizza. Uh, let's just call it a day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can hit happy hour three or four times a week. Uh, I can just. And we're getting wings. And when we have our beers at happy hour, uh, you know, five buckets of popcorn. Yeah. Or we're at the bar. Yeah. yeah. And the person who hits happy hour once a week and doesn't indulge in a, like a crazy amount of food. It's like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard a, this is a, a sidebar with that aspect of it, of the, the cultural pieces of this. Yeah. Is that your, your tendencies and behaviors are both influenced by your friends and their friends and their friends. 
and it goes the other way as well. Your your behaviors influence your friends and their friends and their friends. So even if you have you have a friend who hangs out with a bunch of smokers, you're more likely to smoke because your one friend hangs out with smokers, even though you may not necessarily associate and hang out with smokers. Absolutely. So knowing that that may go down, you know, two degrees to three degrees in friendship to people you don't even know. Mm-hmm that their activities and their, the way that they operate can influence you. And so there was this really cool video that I was shown uh, about a month ago. And this is a, like a call to action, daring thing for people. Look it up if you'd like. It's a man starts da- dance party at Sasquatch Music Festival. I love this video. Yes. Love this video. So it's one guy in a field by himself. It's like on a hill. On a hill. It's a music <laughs> festival in the middle of the day. So it's bright out, sunny, yep. green grass, beautiful, beautiful day. And everybody is sitting all around on the ground on their blankets. They're all comfortable. They're like spread out. Yep. There's not like a, it's not like a huge cluster of people. Yep. Yeah. Music's being played. It's dancey type of music, electronic music. And there's this one guy in the middle of the entire thing. Only one guy. One guy. Yep. Dancing, dancing his heart out, yeah, he's and he's not that, quitting. Like, dancing his heart out, like he is just going. He's in for the it. moment, and he's yep. having the time of his life, and he is just going and going. And he's not giving up. He's not looking for validation from everybody else. No, he's just having his own party. Yep. And then pretty soon, one person joins, and he engages with them, and they're they're, they're having, having a two-person dance party. Yeah, yeah. And then pretty soon, third person joins and becomes that. Four, ten. 15, it goes and goes and goes and goes. So being able to look at that one person was daring enough and brave enough to start the dance party and keep going. Yeah. Even when it was just themselves. Yeah. So we can look at our behaviors, being able to normalize saying, hey, I know I have things to do for my job right now. And it's also my job to be healthy so that I can continue doing these things. So I have a hard stop at five o'clock so I can go and do my session yeah. and then I will pick things up if I need to. Being daring enough to be that person that says, I'm going to take an hour out of my day from my work day and I'm going to have this appointment to go and meet my, with my personal trainer or my coach. Yeah. Normalizing those types of activities and behaviors to take care of ourselves is outside the norm. And this is a call to action to everybody listening to be the person that starts the dance party. Be bold and courageous enough to make those decisions for yourself. And when you do it, just like the example of somebody who may be influenced by their friends to be more likely to smoke, you're going to influence your friends and their friends and your friends, friends, friends to be a healthier person. How cool would that be? And that's how we, you know, that's how the world changes. That's how the paradigm shifts towards a more healthy society and away from a society that is needing a pill for an intervention or a medical specific intervention. Yeah. I've spoken about this a little bit on our Instagram, but I had the opportunity to <laughs> uh, engage in our medical system um, over the last two weeks. and. It's not the people, and I want to emphasize that. It is not the people in the medical system, right? It is the byproduct of how many people can we see in how short of time. And I have a good friend who's in the medical system, and that's exactly what it was. It was like we get paid by the person we see, Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of debt. And so we're gonna crank through those people because we have a lot of debt. And uh, there's a mentor that we had for a long time that talks about, you know, most coaches don't get into the coaching industry to say like, hey, I'm gonna make a boatload of money. Yeah. <laughs> we get into the coaching industry because uh, we really enjoy and thrive helping people. However, uh, that's a flawed plan if you're gonna get into this to be like, I don't wanna make any money. Yeah. And that's a struggle in the fitness industry right now. Right, it's a race to the bottom. It is uh, how, and that's the expectation from the consumer, is how cheap can I take care of my health? Mm-hmm. 
the thing that's going to get you to live the longest. <laughs> How can I spend the least amount of money on that? And yet I'm going to spend, I'm going to try to maximize the amount that I can spend on uh, <coughs> things that may negatively impact my health. The happy hours, the, uh, the long vacations where I sit at a pool while great and relaxing, but I'm going to drink the whole time and I'm going to come back feeling twice as tired as I did before so that I can soldier on and work another six months so I can do that all over again. Yeah. And I've always found it fascinating that it is okay for a corporate corporation, uh, what we think of like our fortune 500s, our Amazons, those people, it is okay for them to charge us an exorbitant amount of money for a pair of Nikes, Mm -hmm. but it is not okay for an an industry to charge us to drastically change our life. Mm -hmm. I've always found that so fascinating. Yeah. Or that we're willing to spend a huge amount of money on a car that's maybe more car than we actually need yeah. or more house than we actually need. Uh, things that are, you know, they're very nice to have. And but when we look at the grand scheme of things, those are, those are luxury item, items. Absolutely. And is your 5,000 square foot house going to save your life when you're 70 years old? Yeah. And so with that, going back to this is a tangent I could just yeah. like roll on, <laughs> come back. <laughs> um, but with that, like having this experience of our medical system, there was no use of a name. There was no use of a, any kind of uh, opening question. It was, hey, I'm going to come in, poke you with a needle, take your blood, see you later. And give you a pill, see you later. Yeah. I'm going to put them in this little cup. Hopefully you can down them all at once. I'm going to be kind of annoyed if you have to take them individually because I have places to be. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not a bash on those people because I think those people are genuinely become into the medical system for good reasons, Mm -hmm. right? However, if the reason that you're there is preventable by one hour in a gym and one hour walking, Mm -hmm. it seems like such a simple solution. Is it easy? No, I get that. And are there demographics and factors and, and finances and all of those things to play? 1000%. I understand that. I also look at, you know, our goal is to live as long as we can. Mm -hmm. For me, anyway. Like, uh, it's funny, people ask me if I'll ever retire, and I'm like, probably not. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, The idea of that seems weird to me. To live a life that I would need to retire from, that Mm -hmm. feels weird to me. Same. If we look at, like, how can we, and this is the struggle that, that like, this is the thing that keeps me up at night, everybody, is, like, <laughs> how do we create a message of, like, we genuinely want to help you. Mm-hmm. And we genuinely want to help you create a life that makes you excited. And I know we've talked about this before. I don't think everybody needs to quit their job and o- open a business. Mm-hmm. I would actually say don't. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but how do we keep you know, the people that are doing that and the people that are uh, climbing the corporate ladder or whatever, whatever their professional goals is, how do we keep them healthy enough? And how do we unnormalize the idea that, that was weird English, but like unnormalize the idea that when you turn 30, you hurt, you don't sleep well, and you just have back pain. Mm-hmm. Or that you can no longer, like your prime years are now behind you from a physical standpoint. You're done. And, and that it's give up time. And so if you're going to live to the year to, to 80 years old, you're telling me that the, at 30, it's over mm-hmm. at 40, it's over. You're not even halfway there, mm-hmm. but you should be you're just like, let all, let all that go. And we're just going to ride, you know, that's the idea of getting over the hill. Yeah. And like, so I'm, I'm, I'm over it. And now I'm just riding a decline. That sounds terrible. Right. And I can just like grind my way, be so stressed out till I'm 50, 55. What is it? 65 now is yeah, retirement. Like so grind my way for the next 30 years and then, well, see you later. And then just, then what? I mean, everybody, you know, we talk to people who do financial planning and it's like, I'll have a plan of like, so now, now what are you going to do? Yeah. Like I have all this time and now what? And it's, it's so crazy to me. And I I have a good friend that it's, it's wild. Their job is so stressful that in the last, I think it was like six to 10 years, people can retire at 55 from Mm -hmm. this current occupation. Over 70% of them die before they hit 60. That's insane. That's nuts. And there's no like, 
so let's look at personal responsibility. Personally, how do you, how do you, you know, take care of yourself in a way that you can do the things that, that you want to do mm-hmm. or be there for the people that you want to be there for. Not that you have to be there, but like, I want to be around for my wife as long as possible. Mm-hmm. I want to be around for the people that work for me as long as possible, whatever capacity that looks like. If I'm still 70 and coaching people, we probably need to talk about things, but like, <laughs> yeah. at least on the floor. <laughs> or, you know, being able to make that choice for yourself and not have it necessarily be a, um, a requirement. Yeah. And if that could be altered by two out, an hour a day, mm-hmm. 30 minutes at this point, right? If we could get people to move for 30 minutes. It doesn't you know, negation acknowledged there doesn't have to be crazy. It can be as simple as walk for 15 minutes after your lunch. Yeah. I have a, a a mentor who I, I adore and he, he went down this path, right? He got so burnt out Mm -hmm. that he was like, I, his testosterone levels tanked at the age of like 55, a little backup. When that happens, uh, motivation gone, Mm -hmm. uh, the will to work out gone. Um, especially for men, that's who we're talking about men with low testosterone. If you're like, I can't, uh, figure out why I have no drive. There's a good reason because your testosterone levels have probably done some wonky things Mm -hmm. because you're not, it's a use it or lose it type of situation. Right. And so he sought medical attention. He sought, um, hormone replacement therapy Mm -hmm. and within the first two months he's like i'm mountain biking i'm doing all of the things that i love to do and with that within two or three months after that he was no longer needing the hormone replacement therapy just need something to kick it loose a little bit yeah mm-hmm. and especially for men who uh, you know are at the top of the ladder and have stressed themselves out for multiple years mm-hmm. I-, I think that i saw something like the average male now they're like the average 30 year old is actually has the testosterone of an average what a primal 40 year old or something like that mm-hmm. they're like 10 years it's been, it's been declining steadily since the dawn of the 19th century or 20th century yeah, yeah. and it's it's crazy and it's like that kickstart so you can do this you know with hormone replacement or you can do this the old-fashioned way and just start moving mm-hmm. grab an accountability coach grab somebody that's going to maybe that's your partner maybe that's your best friend maybe that's you join a community you have a coach whatever that is and it will drastically improve just that piece Mm -hmm. and then the other thing that we need to talk about is there's no end game correct right this isn't like six weeks 16 weeks whatever it is it's a year it's a lifestyle this is a lifestyle and what's really cool is once you start, lulls are going to happen. They're going to, you're going to go two weeks and not go to the gym and mm-hmm. you're going to be like, ah, and you know now what it's like to feel good. And it's like, oh yeah, this is going to hurt a little bit, but I'm ready to feel good again. Yeah. I'm smirking and laughing a little bit because I, uh, I've had a song lyric play through my head for the past couple of weeks and it's actually from a very popular uh, metal band called Metallica. From <laughs> I was of, like, I'm never going to know this. Ooh, no. yeah, I you know, know this. You know who they are, yeah. <laughs> From their much reviled album, St. Anger, uh, there was a lyric that says, my lifestyle determines my death style. And when when that came out, it was, everybody laughed at it. Yeah. And I've been thinking about it. It was like, oh no, my the way that I live right now, and this applies for everybody, if I'm living a very sedentary life that is filled with mostly highly processed carbohydrates, lots of uh, added sugars, things of that nature that aren't keeping my metabolism in balance, my metabolic health is declining, my muscle mass is continuing to decline year after year. Oh yeah, my death style is going to be in the medical system. It's going to be in assisted care. It's going to be in all the ways that, you know, for me personally, that's not how I want to go out. And that's not how I want to go out for, or for any of my clients to go out. 
the best goal I tell this to most of the people I work with, if, with, if not everybody, my goal for them is to be able to actually live as long as they can. And then one day the lights just turn off. 1000%. There's no, maybe there's a, a week in a hospital, like where things really like, Oh, something just happened. Like, okay, everything's starting to shut down or going peacefully in your sleep. The lights just got turned off. Like, we just ran out of time. Yep. Rather than we strung it along with medications and we're managing symptoms and we're managing disorders over and over and over again for years and years and years. So we see that steady slow decline. I've watched that with many of my family members, uh, likely to see that with more. Unfortunately, that's just the reality of the situation. And that's not what I want for anybody. No. And, and being, you know, I, I went home and, and that is not the norm. The steady decline is not the norm. The, the norm has been some type of major event type of a thing or like the rise in cancer, the rise (laughs) in heart disease, the rise in all things that you need prescriptions for. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And I was kind of uh, laughing a little bit when you were saying that, because one of the what is built into our logo is the Web of Weird. Mm-hmm. It's an it's the Norse Web of Weird. And and if you have it, you can look it up. I'm going to I was trying to look it up while Jeremy was talking, but I couldn't find the, the exact quote I was looking for. But it's how our current uh, the, the connection of our past, future and present or past, present, and future, mm-hmm. how it is all interconnected. And so we understand that the choices that we make now will affect our, our future. Mm-hmm. And that is built into our logo. Yes. And one of the things that, especially from a fitness perspective, that people can get trapped in is that, well, I didn't start when I was 20. I didn't start when I was a teenager. I so like, why would I start now? I literally just wanted to like bang my head against the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a reality of it people's is. perspectives of what they're, they're going to see or they're go- it's a story, you know, pulling it back to the mindset like I always do of that's a story that they can tell themselves is that I've never done it before. So that means the future me is never going to do it rather yep. than making the choice to say, yes, that's where I was and I can take a different path and a different choice and go go this other direction there's a lady i follow on instagram she started at 73 she is jacked yeah i think her name was joan i mean a little humble brag here like i was that person i was i'm not athletic like i wasn't athletic growing up i played football for one year and then i was in marching band when i was in my Mm mid-20s those are my my athletic bona fides right there folks i just competed in an olympic weightlifting competition after not training it specifically and i'm 37 and i didn't I'm the even sp- know you were competing just somebody was on like on the sly went through jeremy got an award and i was like for coaching like did he did they like, do these things now what <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, he doesn't tell us he just goes does a comp and uh hit close to my best numbers ever i'm 37 and i'm the strongest i've ever been in my entire life my muscle mass is the most it's ever been in my entire life and i'm going to continue to do that and it's not because I'm taking steroids, drugs, any chemical enhancements. Um, it's managing my stress. It's getting out and getting the walks in. It's doing my training, lifting heavy two to three times a week. Yeah. That's it. And eating, eating well, eating as much real food as I possibly can. Yeah. Does that mean it's perfect? No. It's continually applying some of those basic principles over and over and over again to ride the long game rather than the short game of I have a competition in six weeks or eight weeks I'm going to focus just on that and then afterwards all all bets are off on what I'm going to do I'm going to talk about this from a slightly different angle because I absolutely love what you just said and I have a I have a slightly different experience with health for longevity Mm -hmm. I've been an athlete my entire life I think I started in like birth I was competing with my brothers (laughs) straight out the womb and it 
it is a challenge and we see this with a lot of the people that come in it is all or none Mm-hmm. It is either I am going to be the absolute best at said task or I am not going to do said task anymore. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, I can remember very vividly the lost feeling of when, when college athletics were done. Mm-hmm. It was like, everybody's like, the world is your oyster. That is the most terrifying thing I think you can tell the majority of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just the idea of wanting, talked about this a lot with some, with a lot of clients recently of like, you can do anything. I'm like, oh, but I can do anything. That's terrible. That's terrifying. I can't decide. Yeah. Or like <laughs> the idea that you could be really it's successful. Too many things. You could be really successful at something also can be terrifying for people. I know that sounds weird and that's a whole different podcast, but I, I dove into the CrossFit bucket, right? Like dove head first. I can remember my very first workout. It was filthy 50. It was a Oof. snow day. The, the person I was dating at the time had been crossfitting for a long time, wouldn't let me go because they're like, I'm afraid you might be better. And, <laughs> and I had a Jeep and it was a snow day and I was like, I can get you there. Uh, cause they were still open and we went and I remember doing like the, the modification of filthy 50 is the dirty 30. So I did the dirty 30 and I remember being so like annoyed that I was scaling and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, Oh no, this is this is the locker room. This is the competition. This mm-hmm. is the the three hours of practice, right? This is everything I didn't know I was missing. I had a personal training at the time. I just, I was like, nope, this is, I'm going full send, CrossFit. I, I, I went the, the super, for me, what was considered a lean route. My knees always hurt. Winter was terrible for me because everything hurt. Um, there would be at least once a year that I would do something uh, that would require me to not do something for two to three weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. There was the, the, I, I don't want to swear, the, <laughs> uh, but I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to swear the mind fuckery of there are people that are better constantly. Mm-hmm. And that got me and that got me pretty hard around 2017, 2018. And I would say that's where the, the like stop all things happened for me because in my head, I couldn't be good enough. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the slow decline of my fitness while owning a gym. And then there was this, like, you can do this to play outside. That was the reason I started CrossFit. I was a huge into road biking loved it never really raced just did it with friends for fun mm-hmm. like we're just it, gonna go do a casual 100 miles yeah, yeah. on a sunday yep. we would and it was awesome and it was like that chance to to embrace the suck and have fun and get lunch and it i just i absolutely like loved the things it. people do on motorcycles and stuff right like that we on just bicycles. did it yeah. on a bicycle and i had to take some time and be like okay reconnect with why you're doing this mm-hmm. right and uh, I bought a mountain bike and I was like, this, this is why. And what's been so cool about the transition to, you can work out for three hours a day. You can have fun. You don't have to go hard. You can stay in that 70%. And I've never felt better working out mm-hmm. since probably I was four, right? Like since I started I think I started competitive basketball, quote unquote, competitive basketball in fourth grade. I have never felt better. I would argue that I don't look as lean as I have in the past. I wouldn't argue. It's just truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't look as, as lean as those days. I don't look as quote unquote jacked as those days. And it was funny because I came in on a Sunday. I just wanted the gym to myself and I was doing some rowing intervals because of the podcast that we shot about the loose and 99er. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to come in on my own, row some intervals, enjoy the gym to myself. You know, it's, it's like a meditation for me. And I was like, wow, I have never felt this good rowing. Like everything just felt strong. I felt relaxed. I felt my pacing was probably one to two seconds off of my, my PR pacing for a thousand meter repeats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is what healthy feels like. Yep. This is it. I'm not 
super jacked. I'm not super lean. Like, yes, I would love to be, you know, one to 2% body fat less than I am right now. That being said, I'm happier with myself than I've ever been. One of the things that I struggled with for the longest time was looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I started about a year and a half ago every morning looking at the mirror and telling myself two things I like about myself. This goes into our mindset uh, podcast, but you don't have to chase external validation if you can give it to yourself. Mm -hmm. It took this long of my fitness journey. I'm 43, I think. (laughs) I believe (laughs) so. Gotta do some math there. Yeah. It took this long in my journey to understand this is what health is. Mm -hmm. This is what, you don't have to live that razor edge. You don't have to, to try to like beat the living crap out of yourself to be healthy. And Mm so you can like, this goes both. If you've never started working out, you can start at any age. Mm -hmm. If you come from the background where I did, where it was all or none sports are just bash your face and competitive at all costs. Move from sport to sport, to sport, to sport. Yeah. No off season. Yeah. You can also start to, it, it, takes time and practice and you can get to the point where you just enjoy coming in to work out to work out yeah and it's also you know to expand this out too is that putting it back to this idea of elite performance of i need to be 12 percent body fat or i'm a failure or i'm unhealthy and it's like you can be healthy really at any size that works for you yeah. And again, that's it's part of the journey. It's not an end result. Yeah. Healthy isn't a destination. No, it's it's the it's the the baseline. Yeah. Right? It's the foundation. Yeah. And that took a long time for me personally to make that switch. Like I was like everybody needs to be healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, but it's that uh you know, perfection is the enemy of good. Absolutely. Is that we, we find a way to trick ourselves very easily into thinking that I have to be an elite level athlete or meh, I'll just and be like, the other be the other side of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be good at something and it's gonna be being as good at it as being unhealthy as I possibly can. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And just have a life and be and able to live it really so well. so much fun. Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about this. Like, you literally just went and did an uh, Olympic lifting competition. Like, it was a, a 5K. It was like a, just a, just a oh, casual day. Just go lift some heavy weights. Yeah. I'm just going to go do this. Like, that just hit me. And it just kind of blew my mind all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that is what having the baseline of health can allow you to do. Mm-hmm. Did I go in it with the, the, the idea that I was going to hit the biggest weights possible? No. I went in saying, I'm going to go with like comically light weights for me, like 80% as my openers. Yeah. And I said, if it feels good, then I'll go more. And it turns out that it felt good and I went more. And if it didn't, I would have just stayed there and just had a, had a good day. Like you got go to six for six and have a good day. Hang out with the people that you love to hang out with, weightlifters, yeah. right? You got to like enjoy the camaraderie of going down to the cities and enjoying that experience. And mm-hmm. like, that is like, I am mind blown on the podcast right now. <laughs> like that is so cool. And that's the thing that we want for everybody. To yes. be able to just say, all right, there's a, a, a road bike, casual race, I'm going to hop in and it's like, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to have fun while I'm doing it. Yeah. That's the goal. I'm like, so for everybody amped from doing this podcast. (laughs) I'm like, we're just going to go conquer the world now, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And to throw it back to all of this, you know, ultimately we're looking at the longevity piece of this and being able to continue to do those things as long as you want them to be. I mean, the meet that we had this past weekend was a master's meet. If you're unfamiliar with the terminology, master's is anybody 35 and older. It goes into age ranges up into the 70 plus and 80 plus ranges. Yeah. And there are people who are doing this in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Are they in the, are they peak physical specimens that we would compare them against, you know, their, their 20 year old counterpart? Absolutely not. They're there because they've lived a life that allows them to still move I would argue that they are peak 
their peak for their for their for their, for their, for their age group. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Are they perfect health? I, you know, that's yeah. that's their own individual yep. journey. Yep. And to be able to, you know, for me, I've always joked a little bit of like, if you can't beat them now, just outlast them. <laughs> you know, if I yeah. if I don't if I'm not a world champion at 37. I could be world champion at 60. Absolutely. And yeah. like, does that diminish the fact that I'm still a world champion? No, no. not at all. No. Um, and that my peak performance doesn't necessarily have to have been behind me or my ability for peak performance. I can still enjoy the process. I can still enjoy the journey of the entirety of it and still get to enjoy doing the things that I'd like to do. Yeah. And get to enjoy it in a way that isn't leaving me with the you know, the quote unquote regular aspects or regular, regular negative, negative connotations of training in a strength sport of bad knees, bad hips, uh, messed up spine. Yeah. yeah, Overworked, underslept, underrecovered. Um, like, oh yeah, uh, I was a weightlifter and I, I, my knees are shot now. Yeah. I was like, well, likely because he trained stupid and there's a, there's a badge of honor that goes around, especially in the young crowd. Around that, you got to be tough. Yeah, and it's like, well, is is that smart? And is that is that realistic? Is that is that the best example that we want our younger generations to grow up with? Yeah. And again, you have those three degrees of separation that you have that influence. So you can influence your children. You can influence their friends and their friends by being a positive force in this of training in a way that's sustainable living a lifestyle that is healthful and holistic in its approach not just dude brawn it up with uh bicep curls in the squat rack and eating like a bodybuilder <laughs> and doing that for two months every year and then doing pizza and beer for the rest of it yeah yeah health can look so so different for yeah. so many people i really yeah. enjoyed this podcast I did as well. This was really great. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Start. Start Just and keep going. Start and keep going. And it doesn't, like, start with a walk around the block. I know it's only 30 degrees in Fargo today, but you can do it. We're used to this. This is our people. I'm sitting here in a t-shirt and freezing. I, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's all fine. But just start, yeah. And if mm-hmm. you need help, you know we're here. Yeah. Thanks again for hanging out with us on this episode of the Ice House Fit Podcast. If you could do us a favor and give us a rating, any stars will do on the platform that you're listening to us on. The more stars, the better. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> and if you're really, really interested and you want to help us out, write us a review. It helps us get in front of as many people as we possibly can. And then if this is helpful for you and you know of somebody else that this would be helpful for, please share it. Please share it with your friends, coworkers, family members, random people on the street. Um, The more people that we can get in front of, the better that we can broadcast this message and help as many people as possible. So to sign off, I'm Coach Jeremy. I'm Coach Mo. And have an awesome rest of your day.